Welcome back to Halloween Never Dies, a retrospective podcast. I'm your host, Pacey Pete. And I'm Sabina Graves. And we are about to get into some silliness, y'all. Like, it's going to be crazy because this movie is Halloween nuts. 5 was crazy. Like, it, it made... was not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Off screen, on screen. Uh, I don't know what was going on. And we've been watching the whole series chronologically. And we we get we're getting confused. You're confused, right, Sabina? I'm confused. We need someone to come in who is an outlier in this regard and just help us. Yeah, tell tell uh, everybody about our guest today. We have Isabella Von Gool. She is one of my friends. I love summoning her. She's amazing. I, I don't entirely remember how we met. It was probably in some wild room where we were different cr- sorts of creatures. I don't know, but basically I feel like I've known her forever probably. But anytime there's conversations to be had, like she needs to be there because she helps things that make no sense Maybe make less sense, but it's comforting. Well, that's great to know <laughs> because amazing. we're going we're gonna to need She's, all the comfort on yes. this one because it's just bananas what happened with this movie and the decisions they made. You're going to hear me go crazy because I got a lot of pent up aggression about this movie and the decisions that were made. And you're going to hear it all come out. I hope Isabella can just like have me lay on a couch and she's going to she have me go through some therapy because I'm going to need it. I know Sabina's going to need it. The audience is going to need it. Everyone's going to need it because this is just crazy. I, I can't, you know, I rewatched the movie again and I'm still kind of sitting here with questions. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to start rambling on. We got to get into this discussion, Sabina. Let's just get into it. Let's do Let's it. Go. So with Halloween 5, we're picking up immediately after Halloween 4, where Michael was seemingly shot to death and Jamie had taken uh, a knife to her. Well, we didn't call her stepmom or like, you know, the people who were taking care of her, basically a massive cliffhanger. But in Halloween 5, for whatever reason, it's like they hired the men in black because everyone's memory completely erased and they completely ignored how Halloween four ended. We find a year later, Michael Myers has been taken in by some random dude on like a Creek and not sure how that happened for a whole year, but Hey, I I guess Um, he wakes up, kills the guy who was taking care of him. It's then that we find that Jamie has this psychic connection to Michael. Um, And I guess it's because they're family that it's like, sure, that's cool. Um, I'm going to get into a lot of that, why I have a lot of issues and how that could have been a lot differently handled. Um, but anyway, uh, that's the opening of the movie. Then we get her. Then we get Jamie in a uh, she's like in a I don't institution. She's some, like a it's like a children's institution. But yeah, school. to take care of yeah. her. And, and, to, and, you know, she's still battling what happened. But instead of what it looked like killing her, her the the woman who's taking care of her at the end of Halloween four. It just comes off as an attack. Yeah. I'm going to get into a lot of the behind the scenes things. Sorry, guys. I'm like really like amped up to talk about all like <laughs> these decisions that were made and mishandled. Anyway, the 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 long and the short of it is that Michael is, aw- is awake, goes back after Jamie. Rachel dies, who was our final girl in Halloween 4, very quickly. I mean, I'm talking psycho quickly, like Janet Lee and like the probably even quicker than Janet Lee dies in psycho. That's how. Yeah how they treated Rachel, the final girl character from Halloween four. 
Um, and it ends with uh, us learning about this character, this man in black character who just wears a trench coat. And at the end, when it seems like Michael is finally caught by the cops and, the, you know, uh, he this man in the trench coat comes and frees Michael and it's this huge like <laughs> shootout in the police department and it's crazy bananas. There's clown car music. It's 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 there, freaking nuts. Oh. There's a party. There's you know, you know you know it's a Halloween movie when there's at least some Halloween party action. So <laughs> <laughs> always, always. Yeah. Uh okay, I'm confused, but let's go over this. Yes. I have so many questions. <laughs> This discussion is just going to be just, it's a mess. I'm ready to discuss this mess. Today we have on Isabella Von Gool. Isabella, tell the people what you do. Um, well, usually I'm uh, probably stalking local um, old folks homes for some new love interests. Uh, uh, if you're on the verge of death, that's usually my thing. Um, and um, uh, what do a I do? A professional widow. I am a professional widower. Um, uh, and so, uh, yeah, no, I'm a, a spooky lady. I do spooky things online. I write about spooky things and I review spooky things and I... Uh, have a spooky live show, rest in peace to when we used to do live shows, uh, called Oof. Nocturnal Emissions, uh, which was a show about showing, um, horror movies. Um, I am a film curator currently with, uh, the Seattle International Film Festival and also the Langston Seattle Art Venue. Uh, that's my day job. Uh, my night job, though, is being a local weirdo. Um, that's pretty much it. Just putting like, you know, Blair Witch branches all over the neighborhood and stuff like that. <laughs> it's usually what I do. <laughs> Amazing. Well, we're, we're nothing but weirdos over here. And yeah, our, our podcast is always has already gotten off track because this movie <laughs> has thrown us all off. Um, I have so many questions. <laughs> I, have, I have so many questions, not only just about this film of, of which I don't know, should I say my background with this, this film and this franchise? Yeah, go yeah, ahead. no, go for I it. Just, I, all right, let's invalidate me immediately. Let's just get, get it so that off the top, y'all know that I, you shouldn't be listening to me. Um, uh, no, but we should be listening <laughs> to you. <laughs> so my history with this franchise is is bad it's uh so i i've seen the first one i saw the first one when i was really um old uh when i was in college uh probably like mid-20s um and then uh i saw the new one the uh 2018 version then i went back i saw the second one which apparently has nothing to do with anything then i went and i watched um rob zombie's version of it so i have no clue what's happening i have no clue <laughs> to me in my mind michael is uh, an immortal he's a man but he's also not a man he's also related to some people but also he's not related to anybody but also he has psychic abilities but also he's a normal man but also he's indestructible but also like he cries he cries exactly <laughs> <laughs> just like the rest of us and i i have no clue what's happening in this franchise what this film was who is jamie is she related to to uh, my first i must still be high is my first reaction <laughs> to this <laughs> 
last night I was trying to get to bed early and I could not go to sleep. So I took three melatonins and an edible. Um, and I woke up today not knowing what my own name was. Um, so I might, I must be still high. Cause I was like, Oh, her name is Jamie. Like it's supposed to be like a Jamie Lee Curtis. They pulled it. F- yeah. Like I don't care. They, this is not the only movie that's done that. Cause I think it's also the fast and furious franchise. Dom <laughs> names his son, Paul, right? Oh, wow. That's very meta. Or like, wait, no, hang on. I think, yeah, it's, uh, I need to like fact check this. But it's in a very. I named him after Brian, his character name. Wow. Okay. Don't don't ask me. I don't. I don't follow. <laughs> I might be all misquoting this. Like, <laughs> my brain is so jumbled from yes. this film Let's that I'm just like validate ourselves. Let's all make it so that we all don't know what we're <laughs> talking about. No gatekeeping here. We are all just like enthusiastic <laughs> about this this movie because honestly, like. So I have to ask, I'm asking y'all, what what is Michael? Is Michael a man? Is Michael like Jesus? Is he just like he keeps getting re- resurrected? Every he's, Halloween. He's not he's neither man nor human. He's he's the, he's something else. What what is Michael? I don't I don't get it. I, I you know it's funny that I never made the Jesus connection, but that totally makes sense right now, and that was hilarious. Now I can't think of anything else. No, but no, but like the whole idea was he was just this boogeyman, this character that existed in the very first Halloween movie. There was no rhyme or reason to his to his being, right? He just targeted these girls that were babysitters and just started murdering them for absolutely no reason. Okay, and that was the beauty of it. You know, we talked about this in episode one where it was a, a largely influenced by Giallo, it was largely influenced by Black Christmas. And 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 if you if you ever seen Black Christmas, just a real quick just a really quickly on that, you know, that movie ends very ambiguously, very, you know, you don't know the the killer gets away, and that is the same way that Halloween ends. Like it just ends with not knowing that he's got a connection to Jamie Lee Curtis's character, which I think had the movie ended right there, I think everyone would have been totally fine with it. But, you know, it's the Hollywood, you know, success cycle where you make mm-hmm. one thing and makes a bunch of money. You got to keep going and making more. Therefore, you have to create some sort of crazy narrative, which they did, which was Jamie Lee Curtis's Lori being the sister of this deranged Michael serial killer, Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Um, So that's kind of his background. He just in the first one, he just exists. He just is. After that, then we get a family connection mm-hmm. and that leads to Halloween four, where he's going after his niece. Halloween five is him. And um, Jamie the- is Laurie's daughter. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Jamie is Laurie's daughter. So that's the connection. And then, but Laurie and her boo died in like a car accident. Okay. Unrelated to Michael. Quote unquote. Quote died. unquote. Right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But then um, she comes back again. At, at the end, one right? of the ways that I explained like the Halloween franchise in the earlier podcast, because uh, I think it was in Halloween three, well, no, in the Halloween four, possibly, where I was like, Michael Myers is essentially the first like reboot multiverse dude. Like, uh, it wasn't Marvel, it wasn't DC, where there's multiple Batmanses from different timelines running around. Michael Myers was the first, like, we're just okay. gonna ignore continuity. We're just gonna, mm-hmm. like, do. He has so okay. many branches to his timeline. And you know what? You're like the time traveler of that timeline. <laughs> Therefore, you're the uh, perfect person to have on for this episode because you, you have, like, traversed. All of the Michael Myers timelines is yes against my will, but yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, and you're talking about the branches, you know, because you think about MCU and you think about 
you know, Kevin Feige, he's the gardener of, of this, right? And he carefully sows the seeds. He carefully tends to this bonsai tree that is the Marvel Universe. And this is like that. But instead, if it was just a man wrestling a tree with his bare hands, just just yeah. ripping off limbs and just sticking tree limbs to a trunk and just being like that, it, it feels chaotic. And it feels honestly like nobody knows what's going on. And I, I do it in a minimum to this. I did see Halloween H2O because that's the one that has Buster Rhymes in it. Um, <laughs> you're, you're thinking of Resurrection. You're thinking of Resurrection. I'm thinking about Resurrection. Whichever one has Buster Rhymes in it is the one. And LL Cool J. What's the one with LL Cool H- J? That's H2O. That's H2O. You've seen yeah. two other. You've traversed all of the timelines. You're not giving yourself enough separate. credit. You have watched these movies. Well, yeah. I've, I've watched them. I don't know what I'm watching. All I know is that every time the Buster Rhymes came in, I was like, hey, Hey, bus a bus, and then that was it. That's all I remember. <laughs> so, I, I don't know anything. I also know that LL Cool J has a clause in all of his films that says he cannot die. Um, and we appreciate a black man who goes into a horror franchise and makes it contractually obligated that he lives till the end. That's real racial solidarity. That's the progress that Malcolm and and Martin were talking about. <laughs> so I'm just saying that's all I know. I I just the Michael himself. You know, I understand this kind of re rebooting of Michael. These are different Michaels throughout the different kind of like multiverses, right? You know, I kind of understand that, but I feel like... The man of the multiverse, Michael Myers. I just, my whole thing though is, is he a man though? Because no man could survive all the things. Well, it's, (laughs) you know, I I don't think the franchise ever really uh, committed to one Thing, whether he be a man or some specter, some supernatural spirit that cannot die. Whereas with like Jason or Freddy, like those guys, like we know what they are, right? That's why we know they can keep coming back to life. With Michael, it's never clear because anytime he's got the mask off, he looks like a regular dude. Yeah. He doesn't look like somebody who gets stabbed or blown up or burned up, burned up or shot to death. And he's, he, you know, he doesn't come back for that. He does. So it's always the franchise, I think, has just always been confused on how to handle that. You know, mm. they'll they'll take they'll take him to the woodshed, but he still comes back in some some crazy example. I think I think the most craziest and bizarre one, which is one we'll get down in a few episodes, but I have to bring it up. It's the it's the uh, follow up from H2O to Halloween Resurrection, where at the end of H2O, it, Jamie Lee Curtis slices his head off for all we know, like he's dead. He's gone. But in. But after that, they followed up with, well, no, he actually switched bodies with somebody. And that was he actually she actually cut the head off of some random cop who Michael switched places with. And so that was their reasoning. But it completely takes away from the ending of that movie with her and Michael's confrontation, which is actually really, really good. And so it just completely ruins that. So it's hard to say, like. It's hard to say like who like what he is and and who he is because I don't even think the franchise itself can answer that question. All right. Okay. Michael okay. Myers, man of mystery. <laughs> yes, much like Austin Inter- Powers. <gasps> <laughs> He's the all connected. International man of murder. Um yes. uh, so okay, so so what I'm gathering is, is that there is no consensus on what Michael is, mortal or otherworldly being, but he does have some sort of psychicness 
right? To be able to so so let's let's start from from the beginning of it. I have so many questions about about this this film, right? Okay, so you've got Halloween murders always happen every Halloween, right? But every Halloween, the people of this town are always like. like they've forgotten like a year ago was 40 decades ago and they're always like well glad that's over with that a murderous man came through and rampaged Mm -hmm. and killed a whole bunch of Mm -hmm. people let's go out and celebrate like there's no national day of mourning there's no town hall there's no day of reverence there's there's nothing they just move on just immediately you know (laughs) i mean like there was a time where I would have thought like that makes no sense, but I think now is a uh, good as time as ever to actually you know not th- I believe it. I believe a society will do that. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. If, if a small town had such vicious murders happen that they would mm-hmm. just immediately be like, "Glad that's over with." Yeah, Everybody's- they would be like the 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 mayor and the cops say it's fine to go back outside and uh, it's safe. Wow. Um, congregate. The, yeah. See, this is complex, right? Because of the <laughs> fact that we were post-COVID and we've seen the kind of stupidity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> t- totally changes. This is why our podcast is relevant, okay. y'all. Like, post, post-COVID, post like, back, like, there's so many podcasts about Halloween, probably, that mm-hmm. are like, people wouldn't be like this. People wouldn't yeah. say that. Like, we are here to invalidate those podcasts now because things have changed. Drag them. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I just... I, Okay, I that to me kind of took me off guard because it feels like, um, you know, so I'm trying to think about like, what is the environment right in this in this time period? Like what is going on nationally, you know, right? What does what does the slasher genre mean in society? My belief has always been that slashers skew on this kind of conservative uh, bent. There's this idea of conservative horror and uh, and. Uh, Sabina, you know that I get too deep into all of this stuff, but okay. So there's this idea of, ha- stop me if you guys have heard this before, conservative <laughs> horror and liberal horror. Have you guys heard about this? Not, not, not too, too much, but I, no, not too much, I would yeah. like to know. But more. I'm, I'm let me, interested. Let me, let me, let me open up this Ted talk real quick to you guys. Okay. So there's this, there's this theory, right? Of conservative horror, which is the fear of outsiders coming into the community and destroying the community, right? The monster is without, and they come into this wholesome community and they destroy, which a lot of slashers fall into. Then there's this idea of the li- a liberal horror. This is not political. This is just the names that we put on that best fit them. And liberal horror is saying that the horror comes from within and it's something that goes outside into a community. So, for example, like Us or Get Out or, you know, movies like um, It Follows. That's more about like, well, It Follows can kind of be a combination of both. But it's sort of this idea that there's someone inside the community uh, that is dangerous or that the horror, the, the true monster lives within. Right. And so I feel like so many of the movies like uh, so many of the slasher films started out in this sort of uh, conservative time period in America, Reagan was at the top it was all about sort of external forces coming into a community and destroying them whether that was gangs 
or drugs or violence. You know, it was all about let's say no. It was all about like, you see a crackhead trying to give you some crack. You slap that crack out of their hand. You say no. You say crack is whack. It was all about that, right? <laughs> we lived through it. It was a dark time. It was very strange. Mr. T told me to not do crack. It was wild. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were talking about crack on their pizza. It was wild. It was a wild time. So... Michael comes from this sort of like he is the arbiter of of safe society. He prevents these sort of things from coming into. He prevents premarital sex. He prevents <laughs> uh, drug use because he always kills a certain kinds of people. Even the way that he treats law enforcement, right, is like if you're not taking law enforcement seriously, then you're also on the the kind of chopping block. He is the arbiter of conservative society, and I feel like. Um, I feel like Michael Myers is Reagan. Now, <laughs> <laughs> bear with me on this one, okay? This is a working theory. It's in the drafts. It's not finished, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> much like Reagan, <laughs> we are dealing with this kind of idea that the problems are not... Um, external but the real problems are internal what is the society that creates a monster like michael what is the is the is the society at blame for for michael or is michael an outlier of society right and so much like reagan who never dies whose reanimated corpse is in our politics constantly <laughs> <laughs> michael comes back up again these kind of conservative thresholds and I think that that Michael Myers is is the fear, right, of not being like the perfect citizen, of not being the perfect woman, of not being the perfect sort of person. And Michael is this kind of I'm trying to make this make sense inside of my brain other than big, big man, got big knife, make my brain go brrr. like that's all that I can really come up with. So I'm, this is my theory. This is what I'm working with um, for a person who's seen six movies, none of them in order. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, that I mean, was cool. I've, I've, cause I've seen, I've heard that discussion about liberal and conservative horror and, and yeah, like everything you just said, I've heard that in, in different discussions and I think it's a really interesting take. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he just re regenerates and, and he's always there. Like, and he's had the, effect he's there on to stop people from having premarital <laughs> sex. It's he's there. For, and he's there to stop the youth from rising up, you know, like trying to kill yes. his own brethren constantly. Yes. It's a generational thing. It's yeah. an older generation versus a younger generation. He is this this fear of what the harm, like much conservatism, the harm of what the younger generation can corrupt from itself. And he's there sort of an arbiter of that of that conservative society. I listen, y'all, I'm I may still be high from yesterday, but <laughs> my third eye is wide open. Y'all can't see it because I've got bangs. But because, <laughs> you know, Michael is a really interesting kind of a figure. There's, you know, this um, sort of quietification of Michael that's going on a lot on, on the Internet, this sort of making Michael um, kind of a sympathetic figure. When you start out in the beginning of this movie, you almost feel bad for him, you know? They totally, um, yeah, yeah. Almost, you know, because he's kind of dr dragging himself out of the muck and he ends up in this old man's home, which I, I kind of like that because it, it's it's the beginning of Frankenstein. It's, yeah, too. exactly. I'd say it's very Frankenstein, totally Frankenstein-like. Yeah. You, you know, you know 
it's uh, sorry. To, I, I, it's so interesting. You just brought that word up Frankenstein. Mm. All right. Mm. Before the show started, I told you guys, I wanted to tell you about the original pitch idea. The director threw at the producers uh-huh. when he was approached to do the movie. Pete and he wanted with to the, do with the info, with the info. a Frankenstein type of story with okay. Michael Myers, okay. where at the beginning of Halloween five, it would have showed him after Halloween four getting shot up and left in a creek to die. An electric, uh, like a lightning bolt would strike him. He would come back to life, but completely lose that uh, fear that or that that killing instinct that just, you know, that darkness. He lost it all and becomes like more human. And so that was the approach they wanted to take where Loomis is then vilified trying to save his patient instead of him fighting Michael Myers. Now he has to fight an angry mob who wants to come after Michael Myers. This is, and the only reason Michael Myers, I think they said would kill is because it would be in self-defense versus oh. just randomly killing people. So that was the original pitch was to make it very much like a Frankenstein type of story. Okay. And does that make sense narratively oh. for the movies that have come before it? No. And that's okay. the problem. I think that's <laughs> why they decided not to go with it ultimately because one, they didn't want to do a Halloween three, which is where they completely did something completely different Mm. and had nothing to do with the two movies that came before it. Mm -hmm. And the fact that that flow, it would not have flown with the three Michael Myers movies before that, where he was just this unstoppable killing machine. And they had connected him to his sister, Lori and his niece, Jamie. Oh, you know what I'm thinking? Which, which one's Halloween season of the witch? Is that Halloween? That's three. That's That's Halloween. That's the one I've seen. The one with the evil televisions. Oh, okay. So you've seen seen most of these movies. (laughs) (laughs) I think you've actually seen them all. I've seen them all. I'm just going to take over this podcast. I got no. Okay. So I, yes, I have seen, but see, this is, this is the thing, right? When you don't watch it with any sort of intentionality or in order, Mm -hmm. then you just, it's a mess. So, that okay that's interesting so who who is supposed to be the protagonist in this film are we supposed to be following michael's journey or which one of these bimbos is supposed to be our <laughs> okay that confused me so this right, is so where real, real quick the cheese <laughs> okay. about halloween Tell season me. of the witch was that um john carpenter and deborah hill mm-hmm. only wanted the Michael Myers story to be just the first film. And then they were like cajoled into smart. doing Halloween too. And then they smart. were like, these movies will just take place on Halloween, but we're going to like do anthology style and jump around oh. to like different horror. Every movie Halloween three flopped and Carpenter and Hill left the franchise. The producer, uh, Mustafa Akkad was like, everyone's mad that Michael Myers wasn't in this. Um, to the point where, like, in Halloween 3, the Halloween movies exist as a movie that plays on TV. Like, not oh. the same universe at all. And uh, so after Halloween 3, the, they went back to Michael Myers. Uh. Jamie Lee Curtis peaced out. Mm. So they created uh, Jamie to be the new, like, lineage to Jamie Lee Curtis's character. Um, and... So we're following her. They brought back Loomis, who Loomis, by the way, he died or blew up, was supposed to have blown up in Halloween 2. Like, he killed himself to kill Michael. They blew himself and Michael up, but they both survived. So Loomis also maybe 
uh, supernatural entity that keeps okay. coming back as well. You know, what? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna revise my theory. This is hell. We're in hell, <laughs> um, and <laughs> nobody dies, and everybody has to keep reliving. So the 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 whole chain of events goes. Halloween is an anthology series where the anthology is the same movie over and over again, but also there's Halloween three. <laughs> so it's a is that kind of I okay okay so so that's thank you that was piping hot cheese may I appreciate that um but okay so none of this makes sense so Loomis <laughs> is back that doesn't make any sense isn't Loomis in most of these films though yes yes, yes. he is yeah. okay so Lo- so- Loomis also indestructible cannot be you take off his shirt it's just metal underneath he's just he's a an T one thousand he's basically. a T one thousand. Yes, basically. I see. And, and so what's so funny too that you know Sabina you brought up a very good uh fact about Loomis is the fact that in part 2 him and Michael get into this, you know, explosion at the end of the movie, right? You think everyone's blown up, everyone's dead. Well, of course they come back. Well, it's so funny because in Loomis uh in part 4 and 5 we see his face burned, right? Like we see yeah. the effects of that explosion. But when you see Michael Myers with his mask off, at least in certain you know, vantage points, he looks totally fine. So it's just, yeah, that, he that has was a, a really great skincare <laughs> routines. Yes, drop it, drop the skincare. Yeah. I need to get Probably on just that. Hydration. <laughs> the blood of the innocent. It does a lot. Yeah. It really does a lot for the pores. Um, okay. So <laughs> Loomis is in a lot of these. There always has to seem to be like a sort of um, doctor character, right? Like this kind of idea of somebody who. Um, has the sense to know that that Michael is dangerous, um, but does not treat Michael for anything. Um, I think in the eight, in 2018 movie, they just tether him to a cement block and they just hope that he does nothing. Um, there's also, a, I love this school though, for like s- demented psychopathic children and children who stutter. I, I love that they just treat two things, child murderers and kids who have stutters. And that's, that's the only two reasons why they put kids in that school. It, uh, so and then I also love how there's just a murderer last year. And yet people are just climbing through windows. Girls are taking shower with the doors open. You have a guard dog that you're just like, my guard dog is losing it. Shut up, guard. The, the dog is trying to guard you right now. Isn't that why you got the dog? There's so much. I'll explain it. Who is the protagonist? You don't know, think people die every movie? year. <laughs> wow. It's, you know, wow. it's funny, though, you bring that up because what's so what cracked me up when I was rewatching this was the hot was the party scene, right? Yeah. Where the, the, the two girls that are left and the guy there, her boyfriend, whatever they're like, you know, they stage that fake prank where it looks like Michael Myers is going to kill them. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. How are the cops not unloading their guns right now on white Michael privilege. Myers? This is white privilege. <laughs> yes. The white, the white face. The white face. My, my black ass was like, you could be uh, being black in America. You could be holding puppies and the cops would be like, I don't know. She came at me real fast. I don't know. I don't know what the puppies, the puppies had guns in them. Like the idea that, and I understand that they're supposed to be idiots these police officers but like the idea that a murder people just die keeps happening every year and they also in a past movie 
killed a kid dressed up in the same costume as Michael Myers, who just acts, who just happened to go off the clearance rack and was like, this is a cool costume. Kid had no idea. Gets run over and like did dies. He, did they and, not? What is this the village? Do they oh. not have newspapers or radios or like the local news? Like, I, I don't understand what's so. So the so this is the thing, right? I hated everybody. I hated yes. down this everybody, everybody awful. except for that, that little boy with that stutter and that pirate costume. Save yes. him. He's a baby boy. He did nothing wrong. He did nothing um, wrong. Although he has terrible taste. And that's the only thing. But we can work on that. He's a kid. It's OK. It's fine. Other than that, <laughs> other than that, because he's like, I want the most problematic girl in this place anyway so i i think that for me i struggled because i did not know exactly who i was supposed to care for who am i supposed to be invested in i hated the teenagers i i don't there's a lot who is the protagonist well honestly i was rooting for michael to kill everybody quite frankly it's funny because if you it's almost like they pull a page out of friday the 13th in that sense because if you think about most of the friday the 13th movies you're just rooting for my for Jason to kill all these people because they're annoying as hell, right? Mm. Like nobody you care about, nobody you want to see live. You're basically just waiting for the kill to happen. And that really is what happens in Halloween 4. The only one you care about surviving is Jamie, the little girl. Mm. And even and even then you're kind of curious, like, what's what's going on with her story? And the problem with that is in Halloween 4, right? They planted these seeds. At the end of Halloween 4, we see Jamie. Murder her mom or her stepmom, whoever takes care of her. Okay, it, it's drawn up very much like that. And I think that the plan was to possibly have Jamie take over the mantle of Michael Myers, because at the end, Michael Myers is shot up, blown up. He's dead. So it would have been him, her carry on, carrying on that continuation of the family bloodline or whatever. And so you kind of got that a little in the psychic connection they have. And I think that's a little bit what they carried over in that idea. But they said, you know what? We're going to keep Michael Myers as the main guy. And and also part of that, too, is the is how they treated the final girl from Halloween Four, Rachel. She's the one who dies in the very beginning of the movie. She was actually a very strong, powerful, uh, uh, yeah. powerful final girl. A capable in character. In the last yeah, totally. Film. You know, they really tried to make her like the Laurie Strode of this of these movies. And she did a really good job, but then they completely like disrespect the character and kill her in the first like 10 minutes of the movie. And she yeah. is, has that connection with Jamie. Yeah. And then it's like, then the rest of the movie is Loomis yelling at Jamie saying, you know where you're, you know where Michael is. Will you just tell me where just he is? shaking like, her down at like, oh every God. turn. Uh, all I was thinking about, you got that old man hot breath because I know his breath is hot. I know it is loud and he's just over because you know how old people are, but like, you know, he's just over her and like everybody's chill with it. Like you're a doctor and he's like shaking the hell out of her is my treatment. And that's like, that's not, they didn't teach you in medical school that I just, so my whole thing. Okay. I, this idea of Jamie taking over as Michael, that sounds like a much more interesting movie. Like the yeah. idea of this sort of being like, if, if you had it be unanswered, right? Is it is it blood? Is it what is it that that inspires people to? I just rewatched Hereditary, my favorite romantic comedy. Uh, my, uh, and it's it's <laughs> it's such. I love the way that it kind of handles this idea of like, is it 
in the blood? Is it something that's carried on from family member? What is it exactly? Is it something, is it nature versus nurture, right? And I think that that would have been really interesting if they had carried that on through Jamie. Also, we don't get a lot of female slashers, like, you know, a lot of female uh, killers. And I, I would love an immortal just crazed female killer. That's an interesting idea. Much more interesting than imagine if they had kind of gone with that Frankenstein thing where Mm. like Michael Myers ain't killing anybody. And he's just like being blamed for Jamie's killings that are happening. They're like, who are they going to believe like this little girl or this patient? And like, and then Loomis like singing a different tune would have been insane. That is a much better film. Like the idea that, Nobody is going to believe that Jamie is doing all this because like also shout out to that that child actress who is in distress the entire film. The entire time. Like good on her. I don't know. I hope that 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 movie paid for her therapy because she was, I think, honestly, genuinely traumatized. I don't know. It felt very like it felt too real. Um, but I think that that's a much more interesting idea of sort of like um, you have this this child who no one would suspect, no one would suspect that little white girl is killing everybody. But then, of course, like with Michael on the loose, and then it would have been like this weird um, last final scene with like Jamie. That that's much better. Sabina, write that film. <laughs> I wouldn't Today. redeem him, though. I would not redeem him, though. I think like something would happen in the third act where like he gets his Michael back. And yeah. And then he is, trains her to yeah, be a killer. Yeah. And they go off and they, yeah, yeah, write it. No one left alive <laughs> in Haddonfield. Let's email, <laughs> let's send a DM to John Carpenter. <laughs> slide in there. I know the DMs are wide open. I know he loves hearing people's takes on Halloween. I know he just can't wait. Um, <laughs> so let's do it. That's a much Ooh. more interesting movie. Because um, this movie, you know, I have to say the idea of the lightning striking him is dumb. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that's yeah. a dumb idea. <laughs> um, yeah. Science doesn't work like that. That's not when how I, science works. When I read that, I was like, oh, that's that would have not come off well. <laughs> um, but, you know, I totally agree with you about the, the little girl. Uh, her name's Daniel Harris, who... Mm. Uh, word is to this day her back hurts from carrying the movies for so long. Wow. For, yeah. <laughs> so they had a fantastic actress too to do that. If they wanted mm-hmm. to to go that route, she would have been so good. Like imagine like like uh, I'm thinking like American Psycho, right? Where nobody knew Christian Bale's character, like knew like he was committing all these crimes and played it straight, and you know you would never know this guy was a homicidal maniac. That could have very much been the story of Jamie had they had gone through with that mm-hmm. and kept Michael Myers sans lightning bolt alive and, you know, had gone along with that story. I think that kind of, that would have been like really interesting. But I, I still maintain that that they should have stuck with Jamie as as another iteration of a Michael Myers killing machine, because mm-hmm. like you said, like we don't get many female slasher movies like that would have been i mean talk about like right in the 80s right like right when you had that 1989 yeah and and see the unfortunate part of that is that came at a time when slashes were actually on the downslope like Mm -hmm. i think i think uh nightmare on the street was on was on part five it was like yeah it was was friday the 13th part seventh and so unfortunately yeah they were on the decline so Mm -hmm. i mean why not juice up the entire genre 
by injecting this this powerful female character slasher character who you know who knows what would have happened had they decided to make that movie would have been interesting for sure see and and that's interesting because what by 1990 when does scream first come out 95 is 95 um something like that the genre had been so this is such a small span of time because by by 95 people were already over a lot of the tropes you know which is like not even that. They were many on years. the eighth Friday the thirteenth by then too. That is wild, and to me, this movie kind of does a disservice because of the fact that um, the movie institutes a lot of those tropes that, like, still people say they don't like horror movies because they don't want to see just like a bunch of horny teenagers being slaughtered at a party. At a party, and I feel <laughs> like that makes no sense. You know, this ensemble, I, and I feel like this movie is you know full full shade this movie is the encapsulation i think of why people still have a have an issue with horror movies yeah um it's the worst i think of the of the uh, media of the genre which is um sad um because this movie i don't think had to be made like it doesn't do anything and all these teenagers in this movie just all of them were awful the kid who pretended to be michael myers awful like who runs off with his girlfriend to bone and then like like the greaser guy like with tina tina like was so so confusing as a character because like yeah she has like a really familial bond with Jamie, sort of, sure. but then yeah. like she's not actually related to her. See, but then I, she's like, I care only about Jamie, but then she's like, I care nothing about Jamie. I'm gonna go party, I'm gonna go do these things. Like, see, because I thought what? Tina was supposed to be like, I, I Tina is a, one, is she reminds me of a very young Catherine Hahn. Um, yes, yeah. The, <laughs> so, oh man, I can't even see that now. I can't even yeah. see that. <laughs> she has a very like kind of a uh, quirky funness to her that I really like. Very strong personality, but very quirky. And I thought, okay, this is interesting because instead of taking the sort of slut character and killing her off, kind of making that character who's like, no, I'm I'm a full woman. I have I enjoy sex. I do things my own way. But making her that would have been cool. Giving would have been arc. cool. This movie is a whole bunch of wood. Wouldn't that have been cool with if, if that happened this whole movie so so that would have been cool i have to say though that that the one the himbo the blonde boy i do appreciate though he did bring protection which they made a really big deal out of that in the most uncomfortable sex scene i have seen <laughs> yeah. in so long it was going on forever i was like you guys and michael was see- just watching, he was, just watching. Just like- he was like you'll find the hole eventually michael <laughs> when you do that's when i strike like he had to like michael like, has a rhythm more protection should i am i reconsidering <laughs> yeah killing he was him like, at first i was gonna murder you straight up but then i saw that and i was like all right i'll all give right. you i'll let you enjoy these final moments <laughs> yeah. at least you get the tip in and then i also <laughs> like he was fully in the whole moment and it was very strange because i was like sitting there like what are we doing here what what are we who are we can somebody get murdered please it was it wasn't tension it was just weird that was very weird and a total missed know. opportunity to like I'm, I'm surprised the condom brand wasn't like in on that like right. to like i mean somebody should have got fired like why didn't you guys promote you got right there 
a name franchise that could've, you could have thrown in like a, a like a, hey, so, buy our condoms in that moment. It was moment. so weird, but it was so shoehorned in. And yeah. it felt like, like maybe, what is this trying to say? <laughs> I, I guess because the movie came out, you know, AIDS was still a thing. You know, AIDS mm-hmm. was very Oh, big. that's a good point. Yeah. Maybe they were trying to shoehorn in some sort of, you know, like, and by the way, you're going to get slaughtered by an unstoppable rage machine. Make sure you lock that shit up first. Like, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. I don't understand it. Um, and I feel like that doesn't make any sense. The fact that they're having a party and they send the two most inept police officers constantly out. Um, Literal they- clown car music played <laughs> one day. I don't understand that. I, nobody seems to be understanding the severity of the situation in which they're in, which makes me have so little. The thing that I like about the, the 2018 version is that they really go into how these things psychologically scar you. And I love that about the the latest film. A lot of people complained about it, you know, because they that's not what they they want from their horror movies. They they want, you know, something else. But I really like how they sort of said, like, you cannot go through this unscathed psychologically. And most people, if they went through this sort of event, would have PTSD, some sort of residual PTSD. And the people here behave as though they are just smooth brained morons in this entire no wrinkles in this town i don't understand it so who who so to get through this film eat an edible an edible that's you know there we go we tried and we didn't talk about the elephant who was also in the room Ah. the man in black yes with the steel toes that was a men in in black crossover you didn't see it when it happened but it was a full on men in black they were introducing the universe so okay I haven't seen the next film does the man in black come back yeah so it's the connection there and and then the whole thing was that was nothing but a plot device right just to set up part six because that becomes the story in part six is explaining why Michael is the way he is, how it's a part of some cult that uh, injected Michael with this serum and he is evil now. And they use all these like he's a um, super slasher. Yeah. And it oh. just like it kind of takes on. A, and that's why, like I mentioned, like how there's two different cuts of the movie, because there a lot of the story that happens in the first one does not happen in the second one. Like it's it's crazy. So just to let you know, like in part six. Um, spoiler alert, uh, Jamie, who's much older now in the, in the theatrical cut, she dies in like the first 10 minutes of the movie, but in the, in the producer's cut, she actually is alive throughout most of the movie, but not seen as much. Like it's a completely different story. Like I said, it's bananas how they even made this movie because Mm -hmm. it also happened when, um, Donald Pleasance who plays, uh, Dr. Loomis passed away towards the end of filming. So they Mm -hmm. had to really kind of basically take puzzle pieces and construct them in a lot of different ways. And when the producers, the studio saw what they had intended, they were like, Nope, we don't want this fix it. And then that is what became a theatrical cut. And it wasn't until years later that the producers cut was finally released. Cause at the time people were just talking of it. Like it was some fairy tale that we're just hearing it through people who made the movie, mm. you know, but luckily it was able to get released. I actually have it. I've watched it a few times just because it's so interesting to watch the two movies and see how they're so 
different than one another, but there's so many scenes shot. It's it's crazy. Like I said, this whole behind the scenes thing will happen to get a Halloween six, the curse of Michael Myers made. It's it's really bananas. Like it's almost like everything that we've learned behind the scenes, Halloween's one through five is like this the appetizer for the main course, which was all the crazy bad shit ways that this thing got made. It's mm-hmm. it's nuts. How was it, it all uh, was the director still Dominique? No, it was, it was, it was not, it was, it was, because I was uh, reading how he came up with the man in black, just for whatever reason, just on set. Yeah. Well, they, the people who worked on the movie said that it was actually like, they were jokingly saying, oh yeah, there was some guy that used to come on the set dressed in all black and it was a joke about him. So I don't, so, and, and a lot of these things that they were creating were literally on the fly when they were shooting the movie. So like the man in black was not something that they had premeditated. It was not something that was written before the movie was made. This was made while they were shooting the movie. So yeah. it's, it's, you know, it just Which is wild because it has you. the whole, the rune thing on him, the rune on Michael yes. Myers. Uh-huh. Season of the Witch was supposed to tie in like Cel- Celtic folklore and horror oh. uh, into the franchise initially, is which I was in. the cult that comes back in on, in six? It is. It is it. Is it not? I don't. I, is it's no. Not. See, like well, a... see, that's the crazy thing. Is see, is... yeah. Because like the crazy thing is, the Halloween movies exist in Season of the Witch mm-hmm. as just like, movies, as like just their canon. But yeah, as just movies that people watch. Cool. But, this is great. But, uh... This this is great. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the cult that I'm, is in I Halloween mean, I'm three. Learned, the more you explain it to me, the more I'm confused. So just no, keep going, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the Halloween, the cult that we see in Halloween three is supposed to be similar to the cult that we see in Halloween six. So there's always been this kind of talk, like, well, Halloween three doesn't necessarily have to completely be its own island. You can actually connect all the dots. If you really wanted to. And we actually, when episode three, we talked about this and we said, wow, they could have actually made this where all the kids become killers or something like, didn't we, Sabina? Like, yeah. 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 So I was upset when they had the reveal of the Halloween movies just being fictional movies in Season of the Witch, because I was like, well, you have this factory that manufactures ways to rot kids' brains and, like, maybe even take them over to do terrible things. They had Michael Myers's original costume in the background when he was a clown and stuff, and it was like, what if this company has been trying to, like, mind-control children this whole time, which would have That's- made sense to, like... G- Go down with Jamie, too, you know, and then this cult comes back later on. Like, why? That's cool. That's a really cool idea. What if. All right. Since we're doing this, since y'all have have the powers to produce these films. What if. All right. So you've got that evil corporation that's behind uh, everything. The TV signals. Silver Shamrock. Yeah. Yes. So they're led by cultists, right, who are like trying to and they have the power to sort of resurrect like this, like ultimate killing machine demon. Right. And so they do that through the televisions, which then makes all the kids listen. This is a much better film. I I like the idea of like because then that sends a clear message. What it feels like is. Is that Deborah Hill and John Carpenter left because their original idea was sort of um, left behind. Other people came in with their ideas. There is no oversight over all of these things. So there's no sort of cohesiveness. 
Then the films kind of go through these. The mini tree reboots. became the wanting the Whomping Willow, basically. Yes, this tree has rotten roots um, uh, <laughs> and needs a, 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 a haberdasher. It's just okay. So you have these soft reboots that happen, right? Um, H two O and Resurrection is a is a same universe but different, right? Kind of like it's cool. it's <laughs> it's it's so it's. I, I think we've figured out there's like four or five different timelines here. Like, I think uh. H2O is supposed to follow just the first movie. Mm-hmm. There is no, there is no Jamie in that universe uh, because Laurie, uh, well, actually, no, they just never, they don't recognize it. It's whereas in 2018, it's actually made to be a joke that there's all the, that, you know, Laurie uh, had kids or there, there was like a, I think, um, her granddaughter is talking with the friends and she says the line, like, um, you know, those stories are made up. People just made those stories up. Like, and it was nothing but a reference to all those Halloween four and five that came before. It, it was like a direct reference. They were basically saying those don't exist. Those are just basically fables that people tell now. Oh. And so that's what Halloween four and five and six and resurrection all became. They, they, they all just became movies that do not canon to 2018. They were just stories people talked about. Um, and this uh, is the real story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting because then it becomes as though like Michael is an urban legend, right? It's like the whole Candyman yeah. thing where it's like the stories about Michael are much bigger than, and it could be sort of like, here's the kind of, that's another kind of meta in universe thing, right? In one movie, Michael is a, is a television character. In another movie, it's an urban legend that teenagers are telling each other. You know, that's interesting. And then in the 2018, this is also a soft reboot. So so Jamie, little baby girl, Jamie, she's no more. She does not exist in the current timeline. She does not exist in the current timeline. Does not exist. Wow. Okay. Does not exist. And I know that in the some of the behind the scenes stuff on H2O, Mm. when that was meant to be a direct sequel to the very first Halloween, there were preliminary talks of mentioning her um character as somebody who was just made the news as somebody who died at the hands of Michael Myers. Mm. And so it wasn't going to connect directly, but there was, I don't know if they ever decided that would just be like an Easter egg or that would be a direct reference, but they ultimately went with Halloween H2O as a direct sequel to Halloween 78. So, so can I ask y'all this? Um, y'all are fans of this franchise, right? Um, why? <laughs> just why what what draws you in to this world all right so my so my little background um which i've popped in and out kind of like discussing like throughout the, the series is that i was someone who grew up watching a lot of the halloween movies on like telemundo or wherever they would just play like campy b movies uh and, and horror films from like the 80s so I've seen a few of them out of order in that respect, but as an adult, um, definitely became the sort of adult who will, I will, you know, put Halloween or Season of the Witch on like, you know, the Halloween party playlist of movies or Hall- or like every year watch Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween and kind of like keep it pure in that way. 
Um, like that meme. It's like like girls always talk about their comfort movie. And yeah, like, this is their comfort movie. This is my comfort movie with my pumpkin wow. spice right. latte. <laughs> I get it. Okay. 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 Um, <laughs> but it was you know like it was a, a project that like uh, our friend um, to, uh, Lauren connected Pete and I over because we were she she was like do you want to do a Halloween podcast about like all the movies and I was like you know what. I'm just I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it, you know, and kind of like rediscover how many of them, how many of them I've actually seen. I've actually also realized that I have seen at least um, two to three of them in Spanish before seeing them in English, and that's wild. <laughs> um, so you know, it's it's been a journey. I definitely did. I don't think I've ever seen five. Um, and then I don't I don't think I've seen six either so like it's i'm like going along and then i tried watching rob zombies could not get into it which for me as i constantly over like state i'm more of a super beasto house of a thousand corpses and the music rob zombie fan more so than some of the other attempts he's made at uh movies <laughs> um although sidebar here daniel harris who plays jamie is in the rob zombie movies just to add to more, more to your confusion. <laughs> great. Great. Uh, yeah, I should go back and, and rewatch them seriously. Uh, the Rob Zombie movies. I was so confused by by most of that. Um, I feel like most fans don't like those films uh, from what I've heard out in the streets. Um, <laughs> I so... did like 2018, though. OK, so like so, so my Halloween movies would probably be Halloween Halloween 3, Halloween 2018, and then Halloween 2. So what I'm hearing is, is that you like these films. One is because of the fact that they're tied to childhood memories. Uh, you see them as sort of movies that were kind of always on in the background or, you know, always on. There was always, you know, uh, whether that would be on TNT or TBS or yeah, 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 or anything like that. And so you have sort of like really fond memories of watching. I, I'm, I'm OK. Pete, is it very similar for you as well? Yeah, I mean, I grew up watching a lot of Michael Myers movies, like, you know, way too young, way younger than I should have. Um, yeah, like I was, way too young. I was, you know, I, I like I was I was maybe I was like, yeah, I was born in 81. So I mm. actually did see some movies when I shouldn't have seen them. Um, I kind of blame my mom on that one. But, you know, she was always watching these movies. And so that's kind of where my love of horror, horror movies came from. And then, you know, with Michael Myers. Uh, I don't know what it is, just the music, you know, the original John Carpenter music is just one of those, you know, pieces of music that just forever lives in my head um, that I just love. Uh, and it was just like, you can't recreate it. It's just so it's so good. Like you can try to update it for future movies, which they've tried to do, um, but you just can't recreate the the magic that he did in that very first movie. But um, just something about this terrifying villain for me, what separates him is just the 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 emotionless uh, face, the mask, you know, and while the mask did go through a lot of different changes as the movies progressed, to me, it's always about that first mask and how it's just creepy as hell. And that was definitely one of the first things that ever terrified me. And so you're probably thinking if it terrified you, why the hell would you keep watching it? Why would you keep it? Well, I don't know. I just I love I love being scared. I love mm -hmm. Horror movies like they're just a great escape for me. Like it's why I love haunted houses. Like mm -hmm. I know I'm going to get yeah. scared. I want to get scared. Scare the hell out of me. Like I love <laughs> that thrilling 
feeling like there's just something about it. And I get that same feeling watching the Halloween movies, even though I know things are coming, there's just something entertaining about those movies that just brings me in and pulls me in. And just Will they get entertaining me. again? Is, was, is this like the, was this the, like the, the worst? Are we like going to go into fun territory well, after this? Resur- resurrection is, is pretty bad. <laughs> it's, it's, but I feel like some of those movies at least will have endearing, um, all of like the actors, like from that time that we yeah. are also Wait, like, yeah. familiar. Really... I didn't know anyone in this movie that were the teenagers. And I was like, <laughs> I can't zero you know shits about these That's people fair. and they're annoying. And I'm like, my edible has kicked in and I, <laughs> Just, I feel like I'm stuck here, and like it feels like I'm trying to leave this party, and I don't know how to excuse myself. Oh, no. I'm too oh, high no. to Irish goodbye. I mean, it's, it seems like y'all y'all don't really like the movie for its quality. It's it's more no shade. It's it's more of uh, of the kinds of uh, yeah. It's it's a film. We I mean. You know, I I'm not a fan of Halloween. I'm not. I I watched. I think a little bit too late. I think by the time that I watched it, when we watched it in film school, I I was so overwhelmed by sort of breaking things down. We as as filmmakers, I think, had kind of progressed past that model. And that model to me, when I first watched the movie, had seemed outdated. The kind of like he kills. We don't know why he won't stop, you know, and it's just that to me was a sort of, um, I don't know, an old timey model of, of filmmaking. And I wasn't interested in that. So now that I've gone back, what I find the most interesting about Halloween, honestly, not the movies. What I, what I find the most interesting about Halloween it, are the fans, the, the fan culture, the, the love around it, the merchandise, the like, you know, the different remixes of the songs that I hear, like John Carpenter's music itself. That to me is the most interesting Listen, thing. The, the Halloween theme, bachata mm. style is chef's kiss. Send it to me because yes. I will crank that shit 24 <laughs> yes. hours. Just like uh, Halloween party <laughs> in my backyard. Yes, yes. I totally. <laughs> like, you know, and that's really, I, I love that. So I have to ask one of the, since this is now my podcast, um, I have to ask now <laughs> to you guys, is Michael... It, do you are do you identify more with is Michael? This therapy? Oh my gosh! Did we just get therapy in the middle of our podcast? Just relax. All right. Just uh, started. Let's start at six, and I'm gonna count down. Um. So, um. So I have to ask: Is it is it Lori that you like? Is it the final girls that you like, or is it Michael's journey that is is kind of keeps you in in the the genre or keeps you in the the movies? Um. I. For me, I don't know. I've, the first movie is it's Lori for me. I mean, it's just watching her journey and how I don't know, like when I was a kid, I couldn't identify as much as because I'm a kid. I'm not a teenager. But when I was a teenager, I could I was definitely like very shy and very timid and very like kind of like, I don't know about this. And then that's very much how Lori comes off to the point where she's, you know, it's it's like um she gets pushed to her breaking point. Like that's so human. Right. And if you get pushed for so long, you're going to eventually push back. And that's what I love about Lori's character and how she finally takes a stand against Michael. She's not letting herself just get killed. Like she's fighting back against him. Even in that final climactic moment in Halloween, she's like, she's struggling with him. She's not letting go. She's not allowing herself to lose. And, and I've always loved that about her character. And for me, that's what keeps me going with, that movie and that's why i see traits of that in in rachel's character in halloween four 
And it's completely gone in Halloween five because you get rid of all the final girls. Like there is no final girl. I mean, there's, there's Jamie, but she's not your typical final girl. And that what you would see in a slasher movie or even what Laurie Strode was in the first Halloween. So when you kill Rachel and you'll kill Tina, you kind of lose all that. And those are things that I loved about Laurie Strode's character in the first Halloween movies. That's what, that's what pulls me. I have, uh, I guess two answers to this. One is like my, um, Yes, all hell, Lloyd Stroh, Jamie Lee Curtis. I will follow her to the ends of the earth. I love her. Freaky Friday, just, yes, she was my mom. And, like, then kind of, like, getting that, like, interest after that to watch everything she's been in. But actually, my film nerd Ratatouille ego thing, probably, with this with this franchise or the ones that I specifically like, is that the first horror film I saw in a theater or just the first film I saw in a theater was Jurassic Park, which is um, the cinematography is done by Dean Cudney. And a lot of my favorite movies are movies that he worked on. So Jurassic Park, Back to the Future, Escape from New York, Halloween, Halloween 2. Like I, I look at this man's like cinematography work and his eye and definitely has been, I think, what what maybe made me gravitate to filmmaking, perhaps, yeah. probably. Um, so I think that is like where my like sort of interest lies. And the fact that this movie, like I could not keep my eyes on the screen. I, I did a lot of the cell phone, like Twitter checking while I was watching. And I don't care if that alienates me from people listening and being like, oh, my gosh, she was looking at her phone watching the movie. I was uh, um, I was weeding my animal, uh, my animal crossing village as this movie. was. <laughs> <laughs> we got to hang out on each other's island. We, we, we got to do that. I didn't yeah. know you had animal crossing. I have I'm, to de-weed my island, too. <laughs> I'm working on a graveyard. I have a Michael Myers outfit on my island. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I know. I, know. I use that face mask and yeah. that like utility suit. Yeah, no, I know. That's I know the look. Do. Yes, I just you know okay. So so I I love I love this Sabina. I love I love your pretentious answer. I I love that you were like I, I love- undermine my pretentious answer by being like I look at my phone L- while I watch listen, movies sometimes. I I keeping love it real for the, for the oeuvre for the mise en scene for the I, okay. But what ca- so you're chasing that dragon? You're trying to get back to the cinemagraphic high that you achieved in the first two films. And you're watching these films because you're you're trying to get back to the the rush of when you saw this the scares of when you saw this this first film. Or are you are you are you watching these films? Are you a fan of the franchise because of the fact that you um, uh, like okay? So going back to my original question, do you watch it for the journey of of Laurie Strode or the really the the kind of the journey of Michael is it, or is it something else? Is it that you're watching it because you love breaking down the way in which these films are filmed? I think that, or it's the way yeah. these films are filmed and like uh, when it's made like with this crazy alchemy of awesome storytellers of, you know, like Carpenter Hill, Cundy and like, you know, he did Halloween three season, of the witch, which I also really like. And a lot of people are surprised by that, but it's, it's weird and I'm an into it and it's, it's, there's so many bad things, but like, it's still visually very engaging. Um, but yeah, no, I, I would say it is maybe like a, a chasing of the dragon sort of thing in my like film pretentiousness because, you know, um, I 
like saw certain things that were like, oh, you know, like watching the the films now and thinking about them in, in the context of movies that started my love for the genre was that the the raptors in Jurassic Park are terrifying because they're shot like Michael Myers. Like you you can see that Vanessa was on our podcast uh, like for the second episode and we were discussing that. It's like, oh, wow, like that is like we visually recognize that uh, really quickly. And then um, Back to the Future as well, like also some of my favorite movies and, you know. OK, yeah, I, I do feel like you are chasing that dragon um uh and and trying to get to trying to get back because you know they're not all bangers the, the <laughs> films in the series i have to say no offense you know and i think that carpenter um you know you can kind of tell when he's had his hands in the movies and when he hasn't you know mm-hmm. his sort of deafness and and i also agree with you i like season of the witch i think that it's a really interesting film as a standalone and i wish that they had more of a vision complete vision of how they were going to integrate that. I mean, I like all of the Cloverfield movies. Uh, I think they're all interesting. And I wish that they all also, they did the same sort of mistake <laughs> where they were like, psych, it's an anthology. Psych, it's the same movie. Psych, none of these movies are the same. And they're all made by different people. And psych, again, what movies? And it just doesn't make any sense to me. And it, they do the same sort of a thing where they don't have a cohesive overarching about how these things feed into I each other. I guess I have a confession to make. Ooh, please. Please sit back. On I have the couch. a confession to tell make. Me, okay. tell, your, tell me your sins. I have many like franchises that I, I want to be the Kevin Feige too. And I think that the Halloween franchise is one of them. Wow. Yes, do it. But they're but they've do already it. started that though, haven't they? Like didn't didn't in this new iteration, Halloween yeah, yeah. and Halloween Kills, this is their rebuilding the franchise right and, and I, mean, I liked 2018 um, i'm i right. guess you know a lot of people are uh torn about that i i, I guess hmm. but um they got me back with jamie lee curtis and some of the interesting choices they made they actually made judy greer a lead hmm. so like that had me on board i i still actually think that they can make a halloween anthology to coexist with the new ones and ba- maybe base it off season of the witch kind of do like a American horror story sort of thing. They have kills, right? That's coming out. And then the one mm-hmm. coming out a year after that is Halloween ends. So with the movie that they're making, the, the these three movies are making now, they have a clear direction as to where they're going, what they want to do. But just like any, or any, uh, any uh, indestructible horror franchise, they're going to keep it going. Like it's, Michael Myers Halloween never, never dies. Die. Exactly. That's the name of this podcast. The name of this podcast. <laughs> Halloween never dies. The and this spirit franchise... of Deborah Hill is possessing me, and she's like, I wanted exactly. to do this anthology. Yes. I wanted to make Halloween films that weren't just about Michael Myers, but have them maybe connected in some way. That's what and I'm saying. I think, you know, she was ahead of her time. That's back all you, when Sabina. she was thinking that's, it because like we have these haunting of Hill houses. We have the American horror stories still for some reason. And like, you know, creep show is back. Yep. Yeah. We can do this. I, yes. That's interesting to me. I, I mean, I, I do. Uh, I do see you. I Sabina, I do see your hostile takeover of most of the entertainment industry. I do see it. Okay. I've been following on clubhouse. And I and I see how you've been planting those seeds all over town. Okay, I understand it, and and I can't wait to ride your your tailcoats into your hostile takeover. Um, 
you know, because when they named it Halloween Ends, I thought that was so funny because I was like, will it? Do you think so? Will it? Will it end though? Will it, nah. will it end? I don't think so. Nah. I think that's very cute, you know? <laughs> um, I do think that it's nice that they're kind of, they have this overarching vision so that they can make a solid, my hope is that they're making a solid trilogy, mm-hmm. that the story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. I'm only assuming that Jamie Lee Curtis, I'm so sorry, my cat has this uh, chicken that she loves to maul. I just stuffed its <laughs> guts back in earlier today and she's back to it. Um, and so uh, I, I I think that, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis might not want to be stabbed by Michael for another decade, you know, or she might. We might just be wheeling her out uh, 10 years from now in another movie for her to fight against Michael. Who knows? But she seems like she's like, I want this story to kind of end, you know, um, and I'm, I'm hoping that they kind of do that. And I, I would love what I think also my, my guess would be is that y'all also love it because the threads of the lore is so deep. So when you watch one film, how does that thread into the ne- next film, next yeah. film, what are the little Easter eggs that are inside of each yeah. film that tie into the overall universe? And I feel like that's also really fun to dig into of sort of piecing out, even if they don't go anywhere, the threads of all these different movies and how this overarching universe, I can see it for y'all. And I say, good luck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> y'all seem to be having a great time. I mean, the ones, the ones I read, <laughs> the, the ones I will always rewatch are the Dean Cundy uh, ones. I'm really bad at pronouncing names. That's, that's oh. my, that's my, um, uh, my accent slipping traits. in. My, <laughs> that's my code switching. I'm like, there's words I can't pronounce y'all. Like it just, it's there. They're, they exist live with it (laughs) but it's fun though it's the same thing that gets me into the mcu like i love marvel because i love learning lore and i love learning all the different easter eggs and things like that i i absolutely love it and i get that i get that it's just this this franchise i think to somebody who is looking at it like me from the outside of fandom uh is it is a it is a mess. It's like when you go yeah. inside of something and you're you're like halfway through a cross or like a like a jigsaw puzzle, and then you realize that this jigsaw puzzle is four jigsaw puzzles that that one person put in a box. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you're trying to like tape down a corner that it's 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 fascinating to me. I, I, yeah, I this movie though I will say was the worst movie to kind of pull me back in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, honestly, like for the past um, couple films, I've just been like, am am I I'm I'm waiting to see if I want to add another one to my Halloween rotation. And so far, I don't like after three. I like I don't think I've so far I have not found another Halloween movie that I would add to the rewatches for Halloween season. Um, I'm I'm very interested to see how y'all get when you get to the Rob Zombies and how that looks lined up. Because we both haven't watched those movies straight through. Uh, And I've seen because I've seen the first like half of the Rob Zombie, the first one. And I had this was years ago and I had to turn it off because I was getting so pissed off that I needed to I needed to step away because I'm like, this is making me mad. And I I need to stop watching. That's what I hear. People hate (laughs) it. And uh, I, I don't understand the hate because when I watched it, I was like, yeah, this is a Rob Zombie movie. It felt like fan fiction. It felt like he was like on his live journal 
being like, and then Michael does this, and then he does that, and then someone gets stabbed. And I was like, that's cute. Good for you, you know? And I went over and I listened to the rest of Dragula, and it was just over with. And so I didn't, I don't understand that. So I'm very interested to hear how you guys, as fans and as people who are watching it in order, what is kind of the great sin? Because when I heard that, that 2018 thing where they were like, none of that stuff happened, to me, I was like, Drag Miss Zombie. Yes. <laughs> Rub is somewhere bald, just four dreadlocks in the back. Just been dragged. Rob Zombie is the personal. Rob Zombie is the original Snyder cut. <laughs> that's yeah. so, of the I Halloween know, movies. I don't know if that's more insulting for Zombie or Snyder, honestly. I can't really <laughs> I was like, I just, I just, you're like a dynamite of shade. Pete's like, what? I don't, I don't know if this says more about cider or, or zombie. It, it's, it's interesting because my, my interpretation. I mean, of I these... just mean in the like, he had an altruistic take on sure. a beloved franchise with many uh-huh. multiverses and oh, a big legion of people really like the Rob Zombie movies and the sure. legion of most, a lot of people. I wouldn't say most. <laughs> like, but much like Snyder, the rest of us with, with two functioning brain cells think that the movie is bad, is what you're saying. That's what I heard. I don't know. Uh, if you have problems with it, any of the readers who are really, or listeners who are really into this, you can at Sabina. At- <laughs> <laughs> Slide in those DMs if you have any Snyderverse issues. Um, no, I mean... I- What's really interesting to me is it feels like we have entered in this sort of very strange um, side in pop culture, which is the sort of the fandom is the the people who are making the films. Mm-hmm. So for me, it, it feels like we and I think Zombie was the start of this, where it was like, here are fans of the series who are now writing the properties, you know, the Snyderverse fe- felt like a fan. J.J. Um, uh, Abrams' Star Wars, that felt like a fan had written a treatment and that gotten in. Um, the was I just thinking about um, the new Batman movie also looks like fanboys wrote that. You know, it just it feels like we're in a new age of sort of people who know the lore, love the lore there. They get their hands into it and they sort of make a new fan interpretation with the tools and the pieces that they had from other things and are sort of reassembling something cohesive. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it makes total sense. I mean, that's, I feel like you're right. Like we are kind of in that, um, that's where we're at right now. in and, um, the landscape of film, like it's, it's, it really does feel like these are fans, but I mean, you know, it's, you know, they came from a place where they watched something they were inspired. And so I guess, I guess I see that as they're fans of that, so they're just trying to recreate what they've seen in their own ways. And I think that mm-hmm. is probably what we're seeing, mm-hmm. probably more influenced by social media and things like that, which obviously mm-hmm. happened. Whereas even 10 years ago, this was not happening. Like Twitter barely existed 10 years ago, going yeah. back 20 years ago. Like I remember as a kid, like barely getting Batman and then Batman returns and then, you know, I mean, you know, Batman kind of ruled the superhero movie, the the, the movie plex, because that's all there was at the time. But you didn't have that. I mean, you didn't have people up and up. Like, like, it's funny how you, you know, there was a big uproar over like 
like Pattinson over Affleck. And then you hear how in 88, when they cast Michael Keaton, yes, there were yeah. letters written to Warner saying, we're not going to support your movie. You know, this yeah. is a comedian like this. It's hilarious how just history repeats itself. Well, but they, the, they did the same thing with like Danny McBride too, a little bit yeah. where they were like, Danny McBride's writing the Halloween movie. Yeah. yeah. Like how, what does he know? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And I, I think that's really interesting. I think it's, I, I'm not saying it, you know, as, as a bad thing that the fans kind of take over, but what else can you have when this, this movie first came out, what, 40 years ago, 45 mm-hmm. years ago, something like that. And there's a whole generation of people who are sort of, who have seen that original, they're mm-hmm. influenced by it. They're now filmmakers in their own right. And they mm-hmm. want to stab at it, which I think is, yep. we've never stab. had that literally and figuratively. I'd say, mm-hmm. I'd, 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 yeah. Um, so I feel like that's in, that's new and we've never really had that because before it was studio heads, you know, I think in the beginning you had, you had fans, you had Deborah Hill and John Carpenter who were just young filmmakers wanting to do something. Then the, the company decided to take over. They decided to, to milk those teats franchise, franchise franchise. it and just pump out a whole bunch of movies. Now, then you had a, a weirdo, a guy that they just, a homeless man, they let off the street. He got to make the film. We all let him have it because his spooky dre, his dreadlocks and stuff like that. And we were like, thank you, sir. And we we, we did that. I was like, it was and then a, he hopped on the back of his Dragula and, <laughs> and, rolled, out. and, and rolled out. Yeah, it was a Dragula. Oh, it was full of strippers and also luchadores. And we were like, all right. And then he just left again. Uh, and now we're back at it where the the kids who grew up watching that first the Halloween one and two and maybe three, they're now uh, adult filmmakers now. And so they're also pulling like you, Sabina, that initial run, the initial first, you know, two and a half, three movies. And they're pulling from that to make a cohesive. So it's, to me, it's, it feels like a conversation between the first films and these last films, much like Ryan Johnson's Ryan Johnson. Yeah. And, and we're not going to get into this, But but The Last Jedi is a conversation that one filmmaker is having with the the filmmaker of the first film. It's just it's it lives alone in its own thing. It is what it is. Pete, don't do it. We're not going to go into Star Wars. All right. Because if you want to talk about your Star Wars opinions, you can (laughs) at Sabina. At on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) There's an R in my name for sure. (laughs) You know, there is. It's a silent R. (laughs) Yep. Yep. It comes at the end. Um, (laughs) So, you know, it's just, it's interesting. It's, it's not, if you look at it, I think what I'll do when I rewatch these things, I'm I'm interested now um, is that I won't look at it as kind of like a jumble of like first films, the third one, then the fourth, like that kind of, they they come in arcs and they are different filmmakers. Having are you different are you Marie Kondoing the Halloween franchise? <laughs> we are tidying this up. We are organizing. We are throwing out what doesn't serve us anymore. What doesn't bring us joy, and we are only keeping what brings us joy. I told you I love mess. I told you the Marie Kondo <laughs> horror movies. <laughs> That's my new tagline. <laughs> I love it. I love oh, it so man. much. That was. Oh. That was okay. I'm not gonna lie. No, I'm not gonna lie. This is probably one of the most fun discussions I've had 
like wow. a podcast scene ever. <laughs> like this was well, because you know what? I feel like even though we were going to talk about Halloween five, I feel like everything that we've talked about in some way all relates to this movie. Mm. Probably the not best in way the to good talk ways. about this movie. Probably, yeah. <laughs> like, like in so different ways, we're talking about directors becoming fans and doing their own thing. And, you know, I don't know if this director was a fan or not, but they certainly had an idea that they wanted to pull from and they were influenced by John Carpenter's movie and tried to do their own thing. And you're seeing that now with other film franchises. And so that's what we're talking about there. And just everything that, you know, we've gone through in this discussion, I feel like we can all kind of, you know, bring right back to Halloween five and, and just how unfortunately bad it was and the yeah. terrible decisions they made with the characters. The mask. Ugh, I would just, I'm still mad about this movie and how they could have done so many different things with it. But um, tell, wait, tell me everything you hate about it. <laughs> I think I, well, no, I mean, honestly, my biggest, my biggest gripes were the, how they killed Rachel, who was the final mm-hmm. girl and, and, and Jamie uh, Lloyd, how she should have been the, like the new Michael Myers. Like, I think that, to me, they're probably the biggest gripes. You know, I have a ton of little things with, you know, we talked about how, you know, the the, the fake prank of Michael Myers, like with the kids at the Halloween party, like, like I have a ton of little issues, with, a ton of issues with all of those little things that happen. But the biggest things to me, for me, are the, the lack of a final girl and the fact that Jamie Harris should have been the new Michael Myers. Like, those are probably my biggest gripes with the movies. I, I probably sound okay. like a like a, a broken record right now, but yeah. Now, now we're going to fully Marie Kondo. Now tell me some things you like about the movie. What serves you? What brings you joy? Oh, I should have <laughs> got another drink. That. I should have got another drink. There has to be something that's <laughs> enjoyable about this movie. There has to be one thing that brings you joy. Um... No, what do you, Sabina? Do you have anything? I mean, you were—I know you were on your edible, so I don't know if you—if that would have heightened anything for you. I mean, the only characters I pretty much cared about were the kid actors. Yeah, yeah, probably Jamie. Like Jamie Lloyd is probably the only thing I really liked because you could see she—I mean, she was just. There's a lot of kid actors you see that you can kind of tell, like right off the bat, like, oh, this is going to be like a good actor actress. And I think, you know, we've seen Natalie Portman, Kristen Dunst, when she did Interview with the Vampire. Like, we've seen a lot of these kids, or even going even further back, Tatum O'Neill, who did Paper Moon with her father. Like, you can see these kids give these performances, and you're like, you know what? There's something there. You're, yes, you're, this is not, every this mark. is not, exactly. This is not the last you're going to see of this kid. You're going to see this kid go on and do a lot of things. And all three of those actors have gone on to do continue still to work to this day. And I think that's um, and I and, and with Daniel Harris, while she's not, you know, she doesn't have the filmography of, of say, yeah. um, Natalie Portman, but she is known in the horror community, you know, so much so that like Sabina said earlier, Rob Zombie brought her back and put her in his Halloween movie as mm-hmm. not just, you know, as a one off character, like he actually made her a part of the story. Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously a big thing that uh, folks who aren't fans of 2018 always talk about is that, you know, they got rid of Daniel Harris and they were like, Mm. she could have been in it or could have been the daughter or whatnot. But, you know, choices that be in the Blumhouse of things decided otherwise. So I'm I'm looking at her eye and and she does have quite a bit of uh, especially like horror stuff on this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, she was uh, Debbie in the Wild Thornberries. Therefore, 
um, the the best actress that's ever lived. Wow, um, <laughs> amazing! <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I, I think the, the child actors so do it. The great daughter job. of both Jamie Lee Curtis and um, why am I blinking on on uh, Neil Neil Patrick Harris? Um, uh, no. I'm just thinking of three three names. Um, uh, uh, Jennifer. Uh, love no that's um who are you thinking of wasn't nigel thornberry voiced <laughs> by um uh, um uh one of the greatest uh pennywise um pennywise uh, dr no. frankenfurter are we also blinking on his name why tim no, curry I'm, is that what you guys said t- yes tim you. curry yeah. jesus oh wow wow um uh, we got there <laughs> Yeah, I think the the kids do great. I think that the 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 characters for me feel very two dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no character that sort of has any sort of um, uh, sort of depth to them that makes me care. This is interesting because there was a horror room on uh, Clubhouse, and somebody had brought up this idea of arcs. Should your horror movie characters have arcs? Uh, and I, I said, yeah. And it can be a little arc. It could be. It doesn't have to be this sort of like you know the Superman arc of taking somebody from being Clark Kent to being Superman. It doesn't have to be that big. It could also be a small arc. They they were not a believer in the threat, and by the end of the movie, they believe in the threat. And from this movie, it's just like everybody is a dumbass in the beginning and they all die dumbasses. And I yes. just don't. The I, one where they all die dumbasses. <laughs> it just it doesn't feel like and anything changes. And we as the audience, we understand the arc of of we understand the threat. We understand what Michael can do. Uh, we just don't understand why sh- we should care. And I, I think that that's something that is kind of dropped in this. Um, but the the little girl is very, she also, what I really like about her is that you can't really tell what's going on beside behind her eyes. She is this kind of like, she's very cute. She reminds me of that little girl from Orphan, you know, mm. where it's just like, yeah. what is going on inside that mind of yours? Are you, are, are you a killer? She can go from being sort of blank behind the eyes. That's very scary. Um, and then it's not really clear in this movie of whether or not she can, how this how this influence goes. If Michael can influence her, if she can influence Michael, if she if they can sort of do anything other than see each other, and if she could see where he is, why can't he see where she is? You know, to go and find her where she's at. A lot of questions. Nobody <laughs> knows. Great. <laughs> Well, is she a Horcrux? Is she, she Michael Myers' is Horcrux? She, I was gonna. Put I would not to... put it past she who must not be named for stealing another thing. <laughs> well, I was gonna make another Last Jedi reference. Is this the Jedi Force? You know, are we? Are can they <laughs> see? Is that where Ryan Johnson got it from? There's that to me. I think I don't like that whole. I do like and I don't like it. The psychic connection thing. One is because. Um, that's not the way that genes work. Um, uh, if I had, a, I can't, thank God, I cannot see psychically into any of my family members. Um, but also it brings this weird mysticism and spirituality that is not part of the movies. The movies are, are not about spiritualism. 
You know, it's not like um, Child's Play, which is all about like voodoo and that kind of, you know, it's supposed to be about this man who is an unstoppable. So so that to me is weird. But I also would have loved it if it was like it's just genetic. This family just has a bloodline through it of just people that are prone to being murderers. And this Mm -hmm. little girl is next. That would have been very interesting. Yeah. And that's, you know, like we said earlier, like they really kind of try to explain that in a way in Halloween six. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just, it, it leaves, it, it answers questions, but then simultaneously continues to make the audience have more questions. And so, you yeah. know, obviously we're going to tackle that in the next, um, in the next episode. Yeah. Like, um, I wonder, and, was this like even fun to watch in theaters, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I inedible. Uh, <laughs> inedible. <laughs> Timey edible. That yeah. theater must have been real foggy. Yeah. I <laughs> just I I can't even imagine. I I think if I'd seen this in theaters, yeah, I would have been really disappointed because it's not fun uh, and it doesn't draw you in. We so, should have got we should have got an edible sponsor for this episode. I think that was like I'm the saying. theme. That was the theme. I'm saying. And um on on that <laughs> note, um <laughs> Isabella, this was a fantastic yeah. conversation. Like Thank seriously, you for having like, me. this was a blast. Um, Thank you for me. You're welcome. Hey, thank you, and um, you know you're always welcome back on. Um, yeah, I was getting Anytime? worried. I was just break I was, and just bust in for yeah. sure. Yeah, don't don't promise me. But like you know, I was worried about this episode because with Halloween Five, there's so much they was getting mad about. How much content are we going to talk about? And so I feel like we. Super had a ton of content and I'm super, thank you for, for providing such a voice that, you know, so much, oh man, I, I can't wait to re-listen to this actually. Cause that's, that's <laughs> no, it's no problem. I love talking about this stuff. That will be one Bitcoin. Um, yeah. I, I Dogecoin. Be- <laughs> one Dogecoin uh, for all of this. Um, no, I mean, you know, it's it's horror itself is really interesting. Um, and I, I don't consider myself to be a fan of the franchise. And I was really excited to come on and talk to y'all because I really wanted to hear what fans had to say about this movie. Um, and uh, maybe I would have a, I would learn something. And I think that I'm going to go back and I think I'm gonna, just going to rewatch them all in order um, and I think that will also help me to understand the new movie when it comes out. Uh, yeah. Because there's probably bits and pieces in the um, Halloween Kills that I don't yeah. get that are references mm-hmm. from the old days. And I, so thank you guys. Yeah. Uh, this was really, really cool. Thank you for having um, me. Yeah. Isabella, awesome. why don't you tell everyone um, where to find you and um, how to interact with you on the internet? Yeah. If you have hot Star Wars takes, you can find me at Sabina. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that to you. Listen, I'll fight with anybody uh, about Star Wars. I don't care. My feelings don't get hurt. Um, uh, so, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm always there shitposting, posting politics, yelling at racists. It's what I do. Um, I'm at Isabella. Or I'm sorry, at Izzy Von Ghoul on Twitter, um, at Isabella Von Ghoul on Instagram. Um, I am uh, not doing much of anything in the real world. So you can't catch me in these streets. And if you do stay six feet away, I will karate chop you in the throat. 
Um, but you can also catch me once a month with the Langston Center in Seattle uh, for our Fate to Black series, where we look at Black people and the Black image in media, in movies mostly. And then you can also catch me for SIF, the Seattle International. Uh, we have a program uh, about Black films as well, of which I curate. And so you can check out either of those websites and I'll be there. I'm the resident Black person who talks too much about movies in Seattle. That's my job. So yeah, check me out. I'll also awesome. plug our clubhouse room. Uh, <laughs> I'm not really a cool person. The cool people are the people who are in the room that That's hang out with true. me. Um, like, That's not true. We now, have a clubhouse room. Let's let's be real, okay? For the Marvel Sabina, TV shows. Sabina is a clubhouse <laughs> mover and shaker, okay? Sabina is like in the clubhouses, in the rooms, shaking babies, kissing hands. You're all over. <laughs> You're so well connected. And every time that I get into a room, Sabina's like, oh, by the way, this is my friend Isabella. She's cool. You always vouch for me. I appreciate that because I'm vouching for nobody in Clubhouse. I don't know what's going on over there. <laughs> Clubhouse is wild. There's like people trying to scam people. I can't get involved. Oh, yeah. It's, it's insane. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. Wild. Elon Musk b- blows through. It's wild. So, but <laughs> I, I, yeah, we we're always in Clubhouse. And I think that we should do a horror room. Um, we should, like yeah. a weekly one. That'd oh, that be awesome. We should do a weekly one. That would be yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, but our other official, unofficial horror room is that. Um, we stay up, uh, past the first like showing of the Marvel shows on Disney Plus. So, like, yeah. Pacific Standard Time, we will catch the WandaVision, Falcon yeah. and the Winter Soldier. We've been doing it since WandaVision, essentially. And basically, as soon as the episode is done, we open up a room just for like late night. Just like brain melting, spoilerific yeah. theorizing. It was Mephisto talks. That was all you. <laughs> That's all the is in the walls conversations. Yeah, uh, and we you, did it for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You post that. You post that on on your Twitter. It's it's just an open room where people can come in and, and talk yeah. about it. We have a break now because Loki's not going to be playing for another month. But as soon as it starts up again, I cannot wait. Yeah, to talk to you about that. Yeah, very you can come hang out with us awesome. yeah. in the middle um, of the night. <laughs> all right. So uh, real quickly. Um, Sabina, why don't we just end on this note then? Uh, why don't you let everyone know where to find you? People can find me on Twitter at Sabina has no R <laughs> and on Instagram at that lady graves. Um, and that's, that's where I, I say and, and post things that I write about. And um, I mean, y'all know me. If you've been here, I do the spooky things everywhere. And um, that's, that's me. <laughs> I'm just that blanking off what my job yeah, is. Rapper. You know how I'm rappers in... are always like, you know who it is. We're like, I don't though. I don't know who this is. <laughs> I, love, I love that and like streamers, YouTubers always do that. They're like, it's your boy back again. I'm like, it's sir, I've never met you before. I don't know who you are. <laughs> I'm a nerd. I'm that nerd. Um, that's in the places talking about movies and, and, and horror movies. And I've just introduced myself too long. I'm, I'm in between work right now. I have a special, awesome new job I can't talk about. So I'm just like <laughs> flailing at like not revealing too much. But, <laughs> um, I like movies. Come talk to me about movies. Yes, there we go. That's all you got to know. Uh, you can find me, uh, at Pacing Pete on Twitter, Instagram, 
um, yeah, and let's uh, let's keep this conversation going on on the social media, guys, because it's fun. And as you can tell, we can do it for a lengthy amount of time <laughs> and have no shame in doing that. Uh, so um, again, thank you, Isabella, for joining us. This thank was you, thank you. an amazing conversation. Um, and uh, Sabina, why don't you sign us off? Isabella mentioned that the uh, the last Halloween film is called Halloween Ends, but here we know that Halloween never dies. It's the name of the podcast. We're going to keep going past that movie. So, yay. There we go. 